Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Deathner, the horror movie podcast. In this episode I talk to musician and composer Jason Frederick about his favourite horror film, The Abominable Dr. Fibes. Jason curates the classic horror nights at the Colchester Arts Centre where he screens classic horror movies, generally like British horror movies from the 60s and early 70s. Um, he introduces the film and plays some music from the film. They're really good nights. If you're in or around Colchester, then you should definitely come and check them out. They're really good. Jason's a great guy, just a fountain of horror film knowledge. He was kind enough to come and give up some of his time to come and chat to me about uh, Dr. Fibes, so I really appreciate it. And also thanks to the pub, uh, Three Wise Monkeys in Colchester, for letting me use one of their rooms to record this episode. We had a bit of a time limit as there was some bands coming in to load their gear and get ready for the gig they had on that night. I really appreciate them letting me uh, let me use their room. We start the uh, episode by talking about the Blu-ray of Dr. Fibes that I recently bought just for this episode. Um, so yeah, thanks again for listening and enjoy. Cheers. Yeah, the Blu-ray is the next—it's uh, the next road I have to go down because yeah, yeah. I went down the, the replacing the VHSs, yeah, yeah, the yeah. DVDs, and a lot of them were you could only get some weird DVD thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, low, yeah, yeah. low budget, but it was better than nothing. Yeah, so these weird the, like um, sort of discs they put out, we could only get like yeah, yeah. But now I think that's the thing—I have to get a lot of these things again because I mean, fives look so great. Yeah, anyway. It's, you know, even yeah. VHS would look great. It just that's always it. looked like, great. Something about those early seventies films that just look yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Like, they really do. Yeah, and and they got, uh, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Deathline came out yeah, on yeah. Blu-ray, like just yes. after I got yeah, mine yeah. on VHS. DVD <laughs> writer, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, this is it. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get a new shelf yeah, of. You know, it does look good on Blu-ray as well. Deathline. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's one I have to pick up. I actually saw that. That's the first time I saw that film. Was that your one of yeah. your horror horror nights? It's know? great, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a big. Like, I love John Carpenter films, so I love Donald Pleasance. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I've always wanted to see it. But then I saw that was on the bill for it, so I thought okay, I'm going to yeah. save myself from waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I have talked to people about that. That is like yeah. one of the best acting jobs I've ever seen. Yeah. He's oh, so good. He's amazing. He's so weirdly yeah, yeah. natural yeah. in that. It's brilliant. It's like the humour of it. It yeah. just sells it yeah. so well. It's yeah. just, just awesome. Method. Yeah, definitely, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it seems like a silly question to ask first because I know the answer, but are you a big horror fan? Are you uh, obviously... It turns out I am. <laughs> yeah, That's I imagine. I am, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you do the the horror, the classic horror nights at the Culture Arts Centre. How did that come about? How did I you uh, start doing them? Well, years ago, now... Now that we're in the new decade, uh, <laughs> yeah. I had a, uh, a, a sort of a side thing I was doing. After I moved to the UK, I thought, wouldn't it be great to contact some of the composers of films that I'm a big fan yeah. of, most of which happen to be horror? And um, everybody was really, really accommodating. So I talked to Howard Blake about uh, the Amityville 3D score yeah, no. <laughs> and, uh, and Christopher Gunning about the uh, Hands of the Ripper score and then I interviewed uh, Michael J. Lewis about uh, Theatre of Blood 
and uh, um, who else did I do? Uh, we did uh, Deathline. Yeah. Talked to uh, Will Malone, and uh, and yeah, it was just and John Scott about um, about uh, Wake and Fright with uh, with Donald Pleasant, <laughs> yeah. and and so I I had all of these interviews I'd done with him and thought, wouldn't it be a hip thing if I did sort of an interactive lecture, and this is where I discovered my love of playing in front of a screen. Yeah, because you know I play looking at the screen most of the time yeah. and by myself and no one sees it and so I thought wouldn't it be great if you could play behind the screen or in front of the screen rather the screen behind you is great so I put this lecture thing together with uh, me talking about why horror scores are so great and then throwing to the composers talking about it themselves and so that's when the, uh, the fine people at the art center who put it on thought that it was uh, a wacky and interesting yeah. thing and when they were look, talk, thinking about the movies they were going I've never seen that I've never seen Dracula 80 1972 I've never seen Satanic Rites or whatever so that, I think it all came from there so they, they just, ran with it and then they were nice enough to ask me to they are, introduce they are them, awesome so. nights they're really good they're stuff. I think there's something about seeing a horror film with an audience it's, yeah. it's unbeatable really yeah. that's sort of yeah. what they're designed for yeah. on a big screen in front yeah. of lots mm-hmm. of people yeah. I love the way you get what you're saying playing the music when they come out you always talk about the film you're obviously very knowledgeable about the films that you show is there um like it's, you saw a very specific sort of era of film that you're the horror movies that you particularly want to yeah. show or you're into or is this well, like... well it's uh, I just make suggestions it's their kind of shots oh okay know? and um, I think uh, I'm a big fan of the 60s and 70s yeah, yeah. really that is my that music and film for me there was that that journey that everything took from the mid 60s to the mid 70s yeah and then it ended with you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th and everything took off into the 80s. Great as well, but different vibe. Yeah. And that the the elegant uh, leading horror man, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that thing, which was great. And I, I, love, I love it, you know, from Bela all the way up. I love that idea of the leading horror actor who was sort of romantic and elegant all at the same time but they took the role really seriously even in films that were a bit silly but they didn't they didn't yeah. treat them that way they tr- treated them with like deadly seriousness and you know I, I think that's just a really great thing that disappeared after that the sort of faceless the leather face on up yeah it was all you didn't know who the you knew who the actor was because you were a fan but yeah. you didn't really it wasn't a part of the the appeal of it you didn't no, no one went to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre because they thought the actor that played Leatherface exactly. was yes. charismatic yes. <laughs> cool, and you know. I presume if there was an argument about uh, you know their fee or whatever yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't be going. Well, we have to pay it because <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't do it, I mean, attendance yeah, is going to yeah. drop off. It probably wasn't yeah, an issue yeah. because of the way they're doing it. I think maybe with the um, Nightmare on Elm Street, that changed a little bit. Maybe I think they yeah, tried. They, yeah. I know, I know yeah. they um, when they did Nightmare on Elm Street two, they like, I think one of the producers said, "Oh, we don't need Robert England to do it. Yeah. We can just do it with yeah. anyone." And then they realized they couldn't do it with yeah. anyone. Yeah. And, that was a good. That was a good call. On, yeah, yeah. On the, on the um, so what was your first like experience with horror what was the what got you into horror movies well, well I was just talking to someone else about this uh, the video store yeah the, I, I think I saw I saw the the Friday the 13th series as it as it started yeah. and Halloween and The Exorcist on TV I have no idea how much they must have cut out to put that on TV <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was on late it was on at 11.30 or something yeah. like that 
And but uh, the first thing I can remember, actually, my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario, Canada, has uh, they actually had House of Wax in 3D at the local cinema, and they actually advertised it on television. You had to go to the corner shops that were called Max Milk. That, you know, <laughs> they were all over the town, and you had to buy your 3D glasses at the corner shop. So oh, the wow. whole everybody was in on it. Yeah, so yeah. we bought our 3D glasses, and then went and watched House of Wax and, and that was the first <laughs> thing I can remember the House of Wax and then I think they did the Mad Magician or something after that but that sounds amazing yeah, yeah so. and it was so it was my first 3D and my first horror but then <laughs> a, a couple of years after that that's when the, the uh, there was a horror section in yeah. the video store I'm like, I'm like what is all this <laughs> oh my god because we had three channels yeah and one was French so uh, oh yeah of course cool. yeah. you know you waited yeah Patient and patiently and passionately for what was coming on, but then all of a sudden I just went through, just went through <laughs> the whole thing, and that's when I saw Fives. Oh right, yeah, yeah. excellent. Now yeah. that's the brings us to what the film you chose to talk about. Yeah. The, the I'll never say it right. The abominable, the Do- abominable Dr. Doctor Fives. Yes. Um, when did you first see that? You saying you know, it was the video store when you read it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a teenager. What was it about that film that, uh, that stuck with you? Why, why that one? Well, I think. Uh, Mr. Vincent Price probably opened the door to me because of House of Wax and uh, so I was sort of oh anything with him in it's going to be good and uh, and then I saw it and thought this isn't what I expected it's kind of like a psychedelic movie (laughs) and it's kind of a 20s movie because of how it's set but it's definitely a late 60s movie in how it looks in 1971 so that <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. mix of like the weirdness of Art Deco and then later on I realized that uh, the people in the 60s were kind of obsessed with the 20s for a while and that's when Bonnie and Clyde was yeah of course and yeah, bands started wearing yeah. you know like like Bonzo dogs I guess it's similar in the 90s where a lot of bands would be very 60s yeah exactly yeah, yeah. 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 so I realized it was all kind of oh connected so this yeah. was actually really hip to have a Film with yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts yeah, Club yeah. band type bands, yeah, yeah. and then the, you had a film that was set in the twenties, and so yeah, yeah. it was kind of the best of everything. But it is a very it is a strange looking film. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's well, what you're just saying about Vincent Price is just brilliant in it as well. Like, yeah. Imagine having to as a guy where he sort of speaks through that weird thing, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and he just sells it with his facial expressions. Exactly. It's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. And I thought his house looked great, and and that's when yeah. I and that's when I had my. Uh, my my also mini obsession with Robert Fust, the guy who directed yeah. it, because uh, he did that and he did Fives Rises Again and he did a film called uh, it's called The Final Program. Oh, okay, I don't know. That? I don't know that. Oh, oh it's great. Yeah. Weird. It's uh, it's uh, based on the uh, Michael Moorcock uh, oh, right, novel, yeah, yeah. and John Finch is in it from Frenzy, yeah, yeah. and uh, Patrick McGee, and uh, and it's great. It was the the one after uh, Fives Rises Again, and and he did some. Uh, of my favorite episodes of the Avengers. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did one called Game. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. Game. No, I don't know much about um, oh, okay. Avengers or New Avengers. Well, <laughs> yeah. worth watching. But, yeah. uh, but Game's really weird because you watch Fives, and Fives is about, you know, a mad organist yeah. who seeks revenge on all the people who he holds responsible for making his wife, ex- letting his wife yeah, expire. Yeah. Uh, one by one, he comes through a different thing a different means of ex- yeah. extinguishing each of them and uh, in about 68 there was an episode of the Avengers called Game 
which starred Peter Jeffrey, the guy who plays um, Trout in oh. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great actor. Uh, and it's called Game, and it's about this guy who felt that he was wronged during the war, and he's getting rid of everybody who served in his regiment one by one. Oh, so the yeah, last yeah. one of which is John Steed. Oh. And you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, and it's directed by him. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's yeah. like the complete Five's idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah I've never really. Yeah. I remember they occasionally show. Um, they occasionally show like old episodes of the Avengers yeah. on, I think actually the Horror Channel on uh, oh, yeah. the UK. Okay. Like, occasionally, yeah. they show like old Incredible Hulk and things like that as well. Yeah. So yeah. occasionally, if I'm fleeing through the channels in the middle of the day, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll have to have a look. So well, game's the one to watch. Game, I'll have yeah. a look out because at the end he has to go through an obstacle course yeah. that's supposed to kill him, and yeah. he thwarts each one of them in this mod, brilliant way. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, and and everything. It's got all those Robert Fused shots. Yeah. You know, like weird shots, shots through circular objects yeah. and shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like a master of that, wasn't he? Yeah, so, exactly. well, that, that, the opening scene of Fibes is just amazing as well. Like the, him just playing the organ. Yeah. With that sort of bizarre, sort of red, sort of organ pipes behind. Yeah. And, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just purple. Yeah, yeah. It made me think, oh, one day I'm going to have a studio. It's going to be purple. <laughs> That's what you're going to have your organ in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How'd you get in horror? Um, I got into horror. All my older brother, and again, our yeah. local video shop. There was yeah. a video shop in. Uh, around the corner from ours where we would just go and just I mean what horror films our parents would let us watch they yeah, would right. very rarely let yeah. us watch I'm the yeah. younger brother ah. so he would uh, The Evil Dead was the main one yeah. so he 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 would watch that but I was never allowed to watch it because he was older and he'd have his friends around to watch Evil Dead sure. yeah. the idea because I'd, I'd like sort of sneak and try to listen to it and the idea of it was just it just sounded horrible yeah. <laughs> like all these yeah. gore and I, in my head it was I couldn't even fathom what was going on in that yeah. film and I remember one of the first horror films I like watched a bit of when I shouldn't was The Shining um, we were around at our auntie and uncle's and my brother had his friend there and The Shining was on TV and they're like well they can watch it but you're, you're too young to watch it you can't yeah, watch it Rob yeah. um, sort of forgetting that there was a TV in the bedroom I was staying in so I thought oh I'll be fine I can watch it I can watch yeah. The Shining I, I turned it on and it was the scene you know the, the bathtub scene with the naked lady and yeah. then turns into like some sort of hag and I was like no that was too much for me <laughs> I turned it off as soon as that happened I couldn't I couldn't uh, and then finally watching Evil Dead, I couldn't get past the, um, the scene, you know, where they're doing the card trick and she first turns into the sort of ghoul or zombie yeah. thing. That's too scary. <laughs> and then finally sort of pluck up in Nightmare on Elm Street, films like that really. Yeah. And, just, and then my brother would just show me all these films and when I was way too young to be watching yeah, them. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, just, yeah, but we're both like, I plan to get my brother on this podcast soon. Oh, cool. Because yeah, yeah. we're yeah. both like big horror yeah. nuts. That's all what we bond over a lot of times. Heavy metal music and horror movies. And, yeah. Yeah, how was uh, like in Canada? What was there? Was there a lot of? Because I, I was saying a lot. You was um, the Exorcist. You said you saw Exorcist on TV. Yeah, yeah. Whereas over here, the Exorcist wasn't released. It was banned for a long time. I read that. Song. Yeah, it was banned yeah. for a long time. It didn't come out officially. They re-released it. So there's no when they did the um, like the director's cut, which is really the writer's cut of it. You know that weird um, yeah. the version you've never seen. They released that, didn't they? Yeah. Um, that was the first time. It came out proper. I mean, it came out originally. Okay. Then with that, yeah. that was the first time it was like available. Yeah, over here, and I saw it then. I oh, must have been about fifteen. Yeah, and yeah, that was we they had we had uh, it was Exorcist and Exorcist Two. 
<laughs> yeah, so it was like an all night thing. Oh. They showed both of them. <laughs> it's a shame because Exodus Two today is not a good film. <laughs> no, we were exhausted <laughs> yeah, by the time yeah, we yeah. got to Exorcist Two, and yeah, my yeah. cousin and I stayed up really late to yeah. watch it, and we did spend the first like forty minutes going, "I don't get it." <laughs> What's good? Do you understand this? I don't understand this. I understood the the Exorcist scared me, but I understood it. <laughs> I don't understand this. What's with the field and the flies it's, and everything? Yeah, it's uh, not good. Exorcist Three though holds up really yeah, well. Yeah. Exorcist Three is a brilliant yeah, film. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying they did a couple of like prequel films as well. I'm not saying they have. No, no, I don't know. It didn't really appeal. No, maybe one day when I'm retired. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah, go all the X's. It'll films. get that far down the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but was there like a lot of was there a big like thing for horror in Canada at the time? And was there, was it popular? I think there was a thing for uh, for me just just going into the past. I think. Yeah. You know, the, the idea that you could see all these things and. And they didn't scare the pants off you. Yeah. But they were just so cool. There's a certain like, atmosphere to those yeah. sort of films, isn't there? The yeah. more classic horror movies. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the era I know a lot about. That's the good thing I like oh, about the yeah. horror nights at the yeah. art centre is that going to see films that I've never really seen. I've never, because I'm more into the sort of the more trashy like 80s, 70s yeah, sure, stuff. Yeah. But yeah. it's. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Dracula AD 1972. Like, really, really yeah. enjoyed that. Because uh, yeah. it, it almost felt like a slasher movie. It was, yeah. had the sort of teens getting exactly. picked off yeah. one by one yeah. it was yeah, yeah awesome yeah. film yeah and it was a bit you know um, uh, like young exotic yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of thing people teens straying into the area they're not supposed yeah, to yeah. and all of that kind which of is thing. like a big thing in the yeah exactly. it was also yeah. similar to um, like with a lot of the like Italian giallo sort of yeah, films yeah. it's where it's sort of quite cool sophisticated yeah like city people yeah. being yeah. killed in horrible yeah. ways yeah. it's uh, yeah so that's your like the sort of the sixties, early seventies is your preferred era. Are you into if, I had to, if I had to put something at the yeah. top, I would, yeah, yeah just yeah. because I think I think I the look of them really appeals to yeah. me, and and so yeah, that was why it was nice that uh, that uh, they let you uh, the art center yeah. wanted to do it, and it happened to coincidentally be something that I was <laughs> yeah. into. You know, if, if yeah. it was something else, if it was. Uh, uh, um, Swedish films from the early 60s or something <laughs> yeah. I would have nothing to talk about <laughs> yeah. you know, I can only talk about what I know about it, so. what about more like contemporary horror is there any um, like more recent horror films that you're uh, well yeah, I like a bit of everything yeah. it's just it's a different uh, it's a different um, I like low budget things yeah that look that, that have a lot of energy in them Sort of yeah. not because they're low budget, but you know you have to be creative when you yeah you know what I mean. And well, so, I always think you think of the sort of the biggest Hollywood directors yeah at the moment. Well, I say at the moment, but like uh, you've got think of like Sam Raimi for example. Going back to Evil yeah. Dead, he did these huge Spider-Man Hollywood yeah. blockbuster yeah. films, but he started doing the Evil Dead with his mates in a cabin in the middle of nowhere yeah. for no yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson, yeah, exactly. the biggest yeah. films ever made, arguably. Yeah. Um, and he started again he made yeah. bad taste just with his friends yeah. and it's that level of creativity yeah. that they put into these films oh, there's a, an amazing documentary about Peter Jackson making bad taste oh is it I where it's it. I think it, I, I, well he keeps teasing that he's going to release like a, these blu-rays of bad taste and brain dead yeah. and yeah. meet the feebles with these big making ofs and commentaries yeah, and all this sure, yeah. which I'd, I'd love him to do Absolutely, yeah. um, but I, I think it might be knocking about on YouTube some of this documentary okay. cool, but there's how they used to do the muzzle flashes on the guns he would just scratch it into the negative of the film alright so you go for each frame of the film yeah. <laughs> it's just that idea is yeah, just so, yeah. I, th I think that that's why you get these directors that make these big you know making Lord of the Rings yeah. and Spider-Man and these big like 
the Hollywood blockbusters, but they've got that creativity in there. That yeah, they've still got that. You watch one of these Spider-Man films that Sam Raimi directed. There's little elements we think, oh, that looks like an Evil Dead movie. <laughs> That's yeah. got that thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that Revenge? I haven't yet. I've got the Blu-ray sitting on my shelf. But I'm a big fan of Alex Lowe. Yeah, I, um, it's great. Yeah. Revenge is like great. I read somewhere. Probably Twitter. That she's working on something else now, too. So oh, like another sort of horror it. type yeah, thing? I think so, yeah. Because she's uh, Roten's in uh, Sightseers as well, the um, yeah. Ben Wheatley yeah. film, which is amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. And like really, really good. in England, have you seen that? Oh, again, another one that's sitting on my shelf. Great. Of, uh, yeah. which I presume pretty low budget because well, nothing much happens. Yeah, it's a field in England, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But the atmosphere is yeah. great. Again, another director, Ben uh, Ben Wheatley. I think he's doing some sort of big franchise film next I think I can't remember what but oh, yeah. okay. again but he's come from this low budget he seems really prolific as well he seems to have like three films out a yeah. year I think doesn't yeah. he he's, uh, he did the high rise as well didn't he which I've not seen yeah. uh, he's, uh, again comes from that low budget background yeah. and Free Fire is that what it's called oh yeah which is just a shootout in a warehouse yeah. right great though yeah really great yeah you can tell where everybody is at all times yeah which is not something you can I, you I can't take that for granted yeah I don't imagine that it's like, hard to direct yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. really enclosed space kind of stuff like yeah, that's yeah. really cool I just thought In Fabric yes yeah, yeah yeah I have yeah, yeah. yeah I really enjoyed that yeah. really really enjoyed yeah. it just an interesting film I've not seen his, his first film um, uh, Bavarian Tapestry yeah I've not, I've not seen that yet yeah. but that's very much up my alley I think yeah. it's a, basically yeah. a love letter to like Dario Argento yeah. movies yeah. which is yeah. Yeah, broadcast does the music. You know the band broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. great score. Oh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, yeah, it's all real. Yeah, I think I actually, I know, I know again. There's another one that's on my. It's my problem. I buy too many Blu-rays. I can't keep up. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, yeah, no, I, I need to see that. It's. Um, but yeah, I think I think uh, it's all. Uh, you know, you're in the mood for something modern. But I, I like now. I like my my trashy 80s horror as you, as you call oh, it oh yeah, yeah yeah and now I like this new thing of, of people like older yeah films so it's almost like the 80s thing evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved and then hit sort of like you know Scream or something yeah. like that and then there's this new kind of wave of people who are kind of suggesting the older vibe yeah. but in a new gored up modern yeah I think I think well, it's people that are sort of like my sort of age who are making yeah. the films who grew yeah. up on yeah. Friday the 13th and Halloween and yeah. these sort of slasher movies well, I think what they seem to do now is that like you would see a poster for especially the, the Italian say the Italian movies you see a poster for like some sort of Italian zombie movie and you think that looks like it's going to be the most gruesome yeah. horrible thing ever and you actually watch it and it's an hour and a half of someone talking and then maybe someone getting killed yeah. <laughs> and you think oh that was a bit of a letdown the people yeah. that make these little throwback films to that seem to go well we're going to make the films that we imagined when we saw yeah. those posters yeah. we're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink yeah. they're going to be horrible they're going to be gory yeah. they're going to be that would be another thing I would leap into yeah. if I had untold millions were, yeah. was old posters because, oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah you're right they would paint if you had there are some films out there if I had the soundtrack and the poster, it's almost like that would be better than the movie. It would be like that would be better than any yeah, movie definitely. could be. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Especially some of like the low-budget sort of horror, horror yeah. movies. Because, yeah. like, again, well, I suppose that's the way you sell it. They're not, they're not got big stars in. They've yeah. not got... You just make an amazing poster. Video yeah. covers. I like the lurid, trashy video sleeves where they would, like... films like Cannibal Holocaust or whatever, where they would make it just look lurid... Yeah. So, and it's kind of the reason why the whole video nasties thing happened. You know, I'm assuming you know, like, yeah. the, the 
because they would just make the videos look awful. Yeah. Um, because that's how they would sell them and it worked. You know? Yeah, of course. There's yeah. so many films that were like banned as video nasties that because I've seen a lot of them and they're dreadful and like no one would no one would even think of them unless they were like on this list yeah. of banned films but they're sort of infamous now. Yeah. How was um, in Canada like was there like heavy censorship like there was over here? Was there? Uh... I'm not that I'm aware of because yeah. uh, I'm. Um... We had, the, we had the same rating system, right? Where you have like PG-13 yes. and, well, yeah, R yeah. and, yeah. and X. And, yeah. But you never saw an X. X. Yeah, yeah. My town was too small to have a place to yeah, show yeah. X's. So we never had that. Yeah, yeah. All the hammers were X's wow. in the 60s. Yeah. I think it's because the blood was in color. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Very, very, very bright blood. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But those were all X's. So yeah. we, we had the, uh, the, the 18 was a big thing. Yeah. Could you convince someone... That you were eighteen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you make that happen? And in my town, you know, the person who worked at the cinema might know you, so that would be <laughs> yeah, if it's such a small yeah. town, yeah. But yeah. once you hit that, yeah, yeah, it was kind of open. I'm not, I'm not that aware of things that we couldn't see. Yeah, no, it, was, it was always a big thing for me because again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we couldn't see that was banned for a long time. Yeah. Last House on the Left was banned for a long time. Really? Yeah, yeah, loads of films. That those were, just... were all rentals for me. We rented. All yeah, those. see, they, yeah. they were like, yeah. I only saw them. The sort of early two thousands when they started. Oh wow! You know, they started putting really? them out on DVD. Yeah. And they actually just they'd resubmit them to the BBFC and uh, actually they'd actually get released. Yeah. I think Cannibal Holocaust you still can't get uncut in the UK. Wow! Um, yeah, it's just a there was a there was a good documentary on something, probably BBC Four, about the uh, BBFC. Oh really? Like, about the history of censorship in Britain. Well, it used to be called the British. Board of Film Censorship. Yeah. Then in the eighties they changed it to the British Board of Film Classification ah, to yes, sort of right, yes. change the sort of perception yeah. of what they were doing. Yeah. But there's interesting stories of films being, you know, back when they were on like negatives being sent around to different like councils and cinema projectionists making their own edits oh, to sure. films yeah. to stop, you know, they'd cut out like, the gore scene or the yeah. nudity in films and Imagine that you wouldn't imagine that now. It's sort of hard, it's sort yeah, of hard to yeah. imagine, isn't it? Well, that yeah. that's one thing that's changed a lot. Yeah, you know? there was a thing called the Hayes Code yeah, in yeah. Hollywood, and uh, it was moral. It was all mm. against you couldn't sympathize with criminals and that kind of thing. Yeah, and so any action that was deemed to be of a criminal nature had to be committed by someone who didn't elicit any sympathy. Yeah. which you know, fives would well, be yeah, the yeah. opposite of the inverse yeah, yeah. of that, where you actually are on the side of. Yeah. of him who's this, actually do, it's a love story but yeah. it's still a story of like serial killing <laughs> yeah. even though it's Vincent Price he doesn't really get his comeuppance at the end either does he no so no he off he gets goes. away with it no no yeah. he literally gets the yeah. floor goes down <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that yeah off he goes that's amazing I'm going to do uh, there's a bit I do on this podcast where I read the IMDB reviews of the film nice. we're going to talk about okay I find the worst one I couldn't find a one star review for, for, for Dr. Fibes I could, That's a good sign, isn't it? Yeah, but when you actually re- read the review, it reads like a one star. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm pretty sure you won't agree with this, but um, it's the worst three dollars ever spent. Three? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, uh, I watched a review of this movie on Cinemassacre. I'm assuming that's a... Uh, I don't know what that is. could be a YouTube thing. Yeah. And it looked pretty cool, so I decided to buy it. I paid three dollars on eBay for it. <laughs> and had to wait a week to get it Ooh. which is the uh, yeah. once it arrived I popped it in and was ready to be chilled like the DVD, DVD case said 
I was chilled, right? Chilled with boredom and anger oh, for spending yeah. $3 on this crap. Yeah, well. um, this movie took about 30 minutes to get going, which isn't true. There's a kill in it right at the start. Yeah. It's the bat, that's, is it? Is that the first kill? That's, that's what he does. Yeah. He plays the organ, and then has he... a dance, <laughs> yeah. and off he goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, where was I going? Did it, he goes, it took about 30 minutes to get going. The first scene is Dr. Fibes playing the organ and dancing around in a robe like a damn fool. Wow. So, yeah, that's what I liked about that beginning. Yeah. <laughs> he then starts to randomly kill people in the lamest ways possible. Well, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> exactly. It's such a great expression. There's yeah. no accounting for taste. <laughs> yeah. Bats and air conditioner. <laughs> Come on, man. An air conditioner, that is a good... That's a good kill. That's a, yeah, yeah. The unicorn from across the street. Yeah, that's right, a, right? that's the second good unicorn kill in one of, in a good horror movie. There's a good bit in uh, Black Christmas where uh, oh yeah, right, he yeah, gets okay. killed with a unicorn. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it basically goes on about that. Oh, we can't, so this movie came out around the same time as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so I was expecting expecting something like that. Well, then there it is. Yeah, we go. See, that should have been the first sentence. <laughs> yeah, of the review. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that could have been the review. Yeah, it's not the Texas Chainsaw well, Massacre. How few stars are you giving it? Well, it's because but I was expecting. You still gave it three stars, though, which is, yeah. you know, yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. It looks a lot better than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That, yeah, that is true. You know, the, like the art yeah, direction yeah. And, and that kind of thing. The, the sort of grimness of Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. is sort of the, yeah. the charm of that yeah. film, though. Yeah. But that is an interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is an interesting thing about. Uh, Dr. Fibes though is that it came out 71 right that's, yeah, uh, yeah. so I think that's like after Psycho after Night of the Living Dead yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. but it's still got the very sort of classic feel to it yeah yeah. Um, but 71 yeah. and 74 that's, yeah. are like well, you, universes yeah. apart from each other Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre was ahead yeah. of its time you think Last House on the Left came out 72 yeah, yeah. so I think about you know yeah. you can think of two horror movies that couldn't yeah. be more different to yeah. each other really yeah. yeah but Fives is yeah. Fives is you know a 30 year career yeah you know coming yeah. to the beginning of an end yeah and it's definitely yeah it's, sort of like, it's almost like the death throes of yeah. that era isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. 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 You, if you looked at all of the um, all of those actors Christopher Lee and Peter everybody but Donald Pleasance yeah. um, if you looked at all of them the volume in the 60s and the 50s the Vincent yeah. Price was like peaked mm. many many a year and then it starts to go down and starts yeah. to go down and starts to go down and then they're making one or two yeah. and then it, it's gone by whatever 76 yeah and I guess uh, John Carpenter basically saved Donald Pleasance yeah. from that didn't yeah. he yeah. Well, yeah. apparently he asked he did the leap. yeah he asked uh, uh, Christopher Lee to do Halloween did he um, but he said no no yeah, well, and he's ended again in his late years said it was one of his biggest regrets not doing, yeah. not doing yeah. Halloween yeah. Yeah. somewhere I read and I don't know if it's true that um, Donald Pleasance had, has said he's never turned anything down. Yeah. That if somebody gets yeah. into him and he sees it, he thinks, well, if I have time to do it, you know, I'll, so, I'll do it. I guess that makes sense. I mean, I've not never been an actor, but you hear a lot of actors say that you just assume that the next job's never going to come, so you just yeah. keep doing... Well, yeah, but some people are very, very, you know, picky. picky. Like, like Christopher Lee said no, no yeah. to the... Uh, the, the Golden Vampires. Oh right, yeah. yeah. That's why uh, John Forbes Robertson plays Dracula. Yeah, yeah. With uh, David DeKaiser doing the voice, because Christopher Lee said no, nope, <laughs> no, I've had enough, and so yeah. Peter Cushing's in it playing Van Helsing, but 
Dracula's not in. So it's another another good one you've shown at the uh, art centre, isn't it? The Curse of yes, the, the seven, golden, seven Golden Vampires, is that it? That's a good one. It's the Legend of the Seven Golden Legend, that's it. Yeah, 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 curse it sounds more horror, but it's, it uh, does, yeah. but it's that mix of uh, two genre movies that were yeah. big at the time, yeah. like Kung Fu. Yeah. Were you into any other sort of genre movies? Are you into Kung Fu movies or Shaw Brothers stuff? Yeah, yeah, I love Shaw Brothers stuff. And I like the idea that... Um, in the late 60s and early 70s, I like it when a genre, whether it's music or film or whatever, um, has been around for a while. And so then it starts to get a bit restless. And so that's when you start getting a Dracula 80, 1972, yeah, yeah. that kind of idea. Just like when Sherlock Holmes was like fighting the Nazis. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they have the pattern. And they have it, and they know how to do it, and they establish all the things they need to establish, and everything's perfect. And then when it's around for a while, then people start going, yeah. "What do we do? I, what do we? What do you want? To, having the forty? Yeah, having the forty. Like, go just do some random thing." Yeah. And to me, I find that really interesting because you've always got the foundation of what made the things good. You've got Christopher Lee, you've got Peter Cushing, but you've also got. Christopher Neiman and a bunch of hippies. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, I mean, look like, well, for Hammer as well. I mean, they did other genre movies. Yeah. How horror was yeah. that thing? I mean, they, yeah. Is it right they made the On the Buses movies? They sure did. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think On the Buses was, was that their, that might have been the, the biggest grossing film. <laughs> that yeah, or that. Steptoe. No, Steptoe and Sun wasn't Hammer, was it? Oh, I'm not sure. No, I don't think it was. No, no. I think it was On the Buses. Yeah. I think that was their biggest grossing, <laughs> the biggest profit was wow. the On the Buses yeah, yeah. movie. They did, they did like the war movies, right? And Hammer's uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, why, why do you think the, ho- the horror, Hammer Horror, is the one that sort of people, you say you Hammer, you think yeah. of horror movies, you think of Dracula. Yeah. Well, why do you think, why? I, I think it was just the lucky combination of yeah. all of those brilliant actors yeah. were all there at the same time. And the film sort of wrote them, you know, Christopher Lee, there was nothing he couldn't do. Yeah. Mummy, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 you know, Peter Cushing just oozed coolness yeah. every in everything he did, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and then you had all of those other actors, and Charles Gray and Mom <laughs> and and, and yeah. Donald Pleasance, and again, it's not know. not, not a, an era I know much about. Is Hammer, but I've, yeah. I'm sort of getting there thanks to your night to the Arts Centre. Sure. And a friend of mine who's big into Hammer. I was sort of watching a film. I watched a. Um, yeah, Plague of the Zombies. Is yeah, that, sure, yeah, and yeah. I love yeah, that. What yeah. I like about them is that they're the swift; they just fly by. Yeah, they're like yeah. people say, like you know, like modern films are fast-paced, but yeah, they're, they're, these are like quick. They, you yeah, know, and they look great yeah. to me. I think no, I think they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the man who saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre wouldn't think so. <laughs> no, no, but I think <laughs> yeah. they look great. And, <laughs> and and of course, for me, it's all about about the scores. Yeah, cool. You know, well, what's your uh, favorite? Uh, movie school or horror movie school in particular? No, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. I couldn't break. You couldn't. No, it's no. more like this week kind of thing. <laughs> right, but uh, any particular favourites? Any? Like, I've been uh, listening to uh, 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 Demons of the Mind. All right, uh, I don't, I don't know that. Have you seen Demons? No, of the I Mind? haven't. No, no, Demons of the Mind. It's great. Uh, it's um, it's uh, a film. Uh, it's a Hammer, and it stars um, uh, what's his name, Paul. Jones, oh right, yeah, yeah. from uh, Man for Men yeah. and, uh, and and other various things. He was in he was in a pop film called Privilege All in right. the sixties, yeah. which is a really cool film. <laughs> yeah, and he's in Demons of the Mind and uh, and uh, what's her name, Jillian Jillian Hills, isn't it? And the score is uh, Perry uh, Robinson. 
does the score to Demons of the Mind. And it's just great. All of his scores are great. He yeah. did, he did um, uh, Twins of Evil and Vampire Lovers. Oh, and that yeah, kind of yeah. And, and he's kind of, he's an underrepresented, yeah. you, you can't get soundtracks mm. with, with, uh, with him. Yeah, see, I'm a big fan, like, I keep saying, about Italian movies, and yeah, sure. I love um, Fabio Fritzi's stuff. Yeah. The uh, the soundtrack to Zombie Flesh Eaters is one of my favourite nice. ones. I'm a big yeah. fan of the sort of one finger on synth type, yeah, sure. <laughs> type yeah. soundtracks. Um, yeah, and um, The Beyond as well. His soundtrack, yeah. The Beyond, is amazing. That's, uh, I'll check that one out. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, soundtracks are mm. where I, I, I used to listen to yeah. films, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd put films on and just sort of listen yeah. to them. And I had my little tape recorder, and I'd tape them, make my little tape compilations, and everything. And a lot of them you still can't get. Yeah, so yeah. It was. A is there um, is there any like labels putting out these sort of older, uh, sort of lost, sort of gem uh, soundtracks and things? Well, there's there's Hammer compilations. Okay. Uh, there's uh, Hammer, the Studio, the Drip Blood, and a couple of things <laughs> yeah. like that that are all really yeah. good. But you get like one bit from each film, and I think to myself, oh. Does this mean well, we're going to get the whole yeah. thing? You know, and, and so just uh, teasing you with it. Yeah, yeah. But Twins of Evil came out. The whole soundtrack. Oh, awesome. sounds amazing. Yeah, sounds gorgeous. I think what I could do with like rest, restoring these things, like yeah. probably you know, a lot of the like, a lot of films have been putting out on Blu-ray, and there's companies like Arrow, and I know a lot of the Hammer. Yeah. They've released yeah. these really good uh, Blu-ray box sets, Hammer movies, aren't yeah. they? They've, I think they've done a lot of the other genre ones, and like obviously a lot of the horror, and, and they look amazing. I don't yeah. know why they. You know, could do this yep. with some amazing artwork on the yeah. packaging and yeah. yeah I could do some amazing stuff yeah. I think so. I'm not quite sure with the whole Hammer thing what's going on yeah because they, they came, threatened to come back and then they yeah they did a few movies didn't they they did yeah. um, Women in Black yep. uh, Woman in Black something. Yeah. that was their first one and then and the apartment one with oh, Hilary yeah, Swank and Christopher yeah. Lee and... oh yeah I didn't see that did you see that nope yeah. I haven't seen it no, no. but I, I don't know I guess horror is just very different now isn't it There's yeah people are after yeah. a different thing yeah but there, there seems to be, like again, there seems to be like a a lot of horror movies coming out at the moment that are not like it's sort of, it's sort of like a new movement of horror. Of horror yeah, I think you've yeah. got um, Ari Aster's doing mm-hmm. like interesting things and uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, like, have you seen any of the like yeah, more yeah. recent ones? What any yeah, particular favourites of the like? Well, I mean, I mean, I think Get Out is great. Gout is amazing, yeah. yeah. I, that was a revelation. I, liked, I, I really liked that. That was the same kind of thing. I, I don't. It was relatively low budget, yeah, and it was. Uh, it was just a nice, tight, simple yeah. idea yeah. that plays all the way through to the end, and, and, and like those old Hammer movies, yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's, it's like fast moving, yeah, like yeah. a good idea. No sort of no faff in it, really. Yeah. they're my yeah. favorite sort of films. That's yeah. why I love Halloween, yeah, because it is just. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I think there's something to the great actors that they had at the yeah. time that I think they might. I don't know if they almost put more into the characters that are actually there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, because yeah. you had these people, they could carry it off. Do you think there'd ever be like another sort of you know? Well, there's never been like another Vincent Price or another Christopher Lee. Do you reckon there'd be a, an equivalent of? Do you reckon there'd be another actor that would do these very specific sort of genre movies? Mm. Maybe doing one particular role. Yeah. Like I said earlier on, I guess Robert England was probably the last yeah. where he was yeah. very mm-hmm. associated with doing Freddy Krueger. And wasn't going to be in any rom coms or anything <laughs> no. like that <laughs> no. once he was, you know. Yeah, and now you that. see him pop up in these like sort of 80s revival slasher yeah. movies yeah. as like a cop or something yeah. for 10 minutes and yeah. then, yeah. But do you think there'd ever be like. Well, I think like that again? all of those actors were, you know, 
established fine actors in their own right yeah. in other genres. So anyone could do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like someone, Brad Pitt, could turn <laughs> 60 and just go, you know what, I'm going to be yeah. the... the uh, the, the OAP of, of horror or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, someone yeah. could just turn around and do that and bring all that gravitas and... It's quite nice. I was quite like, again, there's something about that, like, just having that charismatic some person yeah. leading a film. And you, you, you don't really get it in horror movies anymore, do you? You get it... No, in, you know? no. Horror... One... The thing that's great about it now is if you're a filmmaker, you can make it without that conflict yeah. and fight to get the, the, yeah, the yeah. tent pole stars yeah. and stuff like that you don't need it you can make a horror film with people you've never seen yeah. or like you know lower in the in, in the in the pecking order actor kind of thing it doesn't matter mm. but the other flip side of that is yeah you don't really get one where you think oh it's another him it's yeah. another Donald Pleasant film yeah, where, yeah. you know they, they, those aren't around anymore so. yeah yeah I'm going to say we've gone very much off the track from Dr. Phillips uh. okay so uh, <laughs> I talked Okay, here's a story. I, get, I got a story. Go on, I got a good story. Good. Okay, uh, the uh, the first. So I've got my little collection, which I still do whenever I get a chance to talk to composers of films yeah. I think are really great because uh, because they're all really cool and, and sometimes I get a chance to look at the score wow, if we're yeah, together yeah. and stuff. And uh, yeah, Howard Blake and I went through the score to Halloween three uh, together and it was just one of the greatest days it was so great yeah. you know and, and to talk to people like that uh, Christopher Gunning um, his film to uh, his score to Hands of the Ripper was one of the first uh, films I ever rented oh right and so he's quite famous uh, he writes really incredible concert music now he writes symphonies uh, and, um, and other forms for orchestra uh, that are all worth listening to. They're all great. But uh, he uh, is famous for writing the theme to Agatha Christie's Poirot. The oh, right. Sushi. Well, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, all, that's, that's his. Yeah, yeah. It's a famous bit of music. You yeah. sort of know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for me, it's like, oh, Christopher Gunning's the man who did the score to Hands of the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it's, you know, it's really great. And so to be able to talk to composers yeah. about this is, is just a great thing to do yeah that must be it must be a dream right because you're, you're a yeah. composer yourself obviously yeah. And, uh, yeah. so it must just be just be able to speak to like you know, yeah. your influences yeah. your heroes I yeah. guess that must be amazing yeah. and so I got a chance to talk to I just missed a chance to uh, talk to the composer of Fives oh wow uh, yeah. because about 15 years ago now probably maybe 13 or 14 years However long ago it was, yeah. in the, the decade before the previous decade that we just ended, uh, I actually contacted him, his name's Basil Kirchin, mm. and uh, I left a message on his answering machine, and uh, we were supposed to do a date, and we could never kind yeah. of hook it up, and then he passed away. Oh, yeah. And then I did get a chance to talk to uh, someone uh, named Paul J. Lewis, who worked on the sequel. Oh, right. Worked on the yeah. music to uh, Fives Rises Again. Awesome, and uh, and that was it's uh, on my. Uh, if you look at me on YouTube, look yeah, me yeah. up. There's a little a little interview with me and him. Oh, excellent! Yeah, I'll have to do any. I'll have to. Uh, yeah. Lovely guy, cool. great composer, and uh, and great score too. But it was weird. Like 13 years before I ch I chose to do this, it was this weird inkling in my head because I think the score just came out. Oh the right, score yeah. to fives, and uh, and so I picked it up and thought, 
there isn't enough information on it. no yeah. one's talked to him yeah. someone should so that's when I went through the label and tried to and got his number and he called oh, me and everything else mm-hmm. and then and then I didn't do anything for a decade yeah. and then all of a sudden this idea came back about, yeah. I'm here in the UK and all these composers here why not talk to them so what held I mean how did that idea like the coming to the UK to do that was like how did how did that actually start? What was the uh, the genesis of uh, what just just moving here? Well, no, no, of, of doing of meeting composers and uh, it. I don't know. You I know, know one of those. Just, you know yeah. one of those things where you're by yourself in the morning, walking yeah. the dog, and then ideas come to you every day. And some, well, not every day, <laughs> or, or something comes to you every yeah. day. It's not always a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, this week has not been a good week for uh, good ideas. But, <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. I hope you're not referring to coming to talk to me on the podcast, right? That's that's a good idea. That's a a previous idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. That's a a 2019 idea that we took a while to get into a reality, which is what we're doing now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then so one day I just thought, um, I'm in this, uh, one of the nice nice things about being involved with uh, something like the Art Center's lovely horror screenings is that uh, I'm, I think the first decade or so of my creative career thing was all about just kind of being by yourself, you know, with a yeah. screwdriver, just, just mm. tinkering and making things work. And then I did hit a certain point where suddenly I thought, it'd be nice to share some of this. I think some of my friends just said, you know, yeah. Why don't you share some of this <laughs> yeah, yeah. instead of talking to us about it all the yeah, time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've heard enough yeah. about that or whatever. Yeah. So you think, oh, yeah, that's fine. Well, I should. But when that uh, occurred to me, it just did also kind of flash in my brain that these are great scores. Mm. And actually, no one's asked yeah. anybody about the genesis of how... Hands of the Ripper got mm. scored a theater of blood and there isn't enough about it so I thought well I'll be the one I will be the one to ask them can I talk to you about it does seem to be like an, un, an untapped well yeah. I think because yeah. again people want to talk about the writing of horror movies and the directing of horror yeah. movies yeah. and the yeah. acting of yeah. movies yeah, exactly. but yeah. I think the score and I think especially with horror movies the, the music and the score is yeah. what makes a lot of them yeah absolutely you know, it's uh, it's part of it yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, any, any good it, movie, really, I guess, but yeah, horror in particular. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it can be really beautiful and really dramatic and scary. Yeah. It can be all of those things, and that's what really, yeah. I probably, now that you to get back to your first question, that's <laughs> probably what the whole yeah. uh, love of that late 60s, early 70s thing for me, too, is that those scores are really great. I love that sort of propulsive synthy thing from the 80s yeah. and the late 70s yeah. uh, but that's like a whole other thing I yeah. like I like the big lyrical gorgeous mono British yeah. orchestra thing I love that and just yeah, well that's it it's definitely um, it's so much more like evocative isn't it really I think that classic yeah. score you know it's uh, whereas again the one finger on the synth sort of John Carpenter sort of thing yeah. it's it's atmospheric, but you couldn't. And it's great, but yeah, it's, it's but it's a different. It's, yeah, you know, it's no, a different. It's not as romantic. No, sounding, no, it, and you can't. And you just like what you like. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was uh, uh, in two thousand and three, I was uh, fortunate enough to write some music for the score to the film One Hundred One Dalmatians Two. All right, yeah. And uh, I was living and working in Los Angeles at the time with this composer named Richard Gibbs. And uh, he flew out to London to record it, and I was part of the team, so okay. I came out with him, and, and cool. he, he let me conduct cues and uh, <laughs> the cues that I was working on, and oh. he was very generous. And uh, and when I 
landed. I didn't realize that it, the orchestra was the, a lot of these musicians had been around for yeah. decades. And it was like Derek Watkins who played trumpet on, I think, every, every James Bond film. Wow, from from Doctor No on, yeah, yeah, and and so you're like, oh my God, it's the trumpet player from Thunderball. Oh my God, it's the harpist who played on Revolver or Sergeant Pepper. Oh my God, it's Derek Wadsworth, the trombonist. They were all there. Yeah, wow. And there's a commissary, so you get mm. to eat lunch with all of these wow. people and talk to them and talk to, yeah. and you think, wow, this is so amazing. And and a lot of these musicians were part of yeah. this incredible scene. Yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing. It must be amazing again to have like your music that you've yeah done played by such like legendary people, but just to hear it yeah must be just yeah. something I can never imagine. imagine. It, it is just, yeah, it yeah. is unimaginable. Yeah. It's, you can close your eyes and kind of replay it because yeah. it's great. It was, sounds, yeah, sounds and and it was really one of those. Uh, this means a lot to me. Yes, like yeah. I know who you are. Yeah. I listen to what you've yeah. been playing on for a long. I was always saying like about like how fame in general, like how someone. You know, the, the trombonist of, on a James Bond movie could walk yeah. down the street unnoticed by, yeah. by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But someone like yourself, who that's your love, that's your passion, yeah. and that just exactly. means the world. Yeah. Seeing him, you yeah. know, I, again, one of my other loves is like board gaming and stuff. Yeah. Okay. If I meet like a board game designer who I play their board games yeah. on, but they could, you know, they could literally go anywhere. Yeah. And I know who yeah. They are. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's nice. They, yeah, these yeah. people get to uh, go about their business with relative anonymity. Yeah. But then there are people out yeah. there who are really. I appreciate what you're doing. This isn't some functional thing you just went to <laughs> yeah. work that day. Like yeah. you created something yeah. that's amazing, and it, and that goes to all the great, you know, graphic novel designers, yeah. and poster designers, and artists, and whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I think I think maybe uh, it will be time. I think I might have to load into the game. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Really. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a really yes. nice chat. Thank you very it's much. Sure well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers. <laughs>